What it do, what it do, y'all. I am back going solo dolo tonight. You are you are you already know though. Trying to meet it's trying to spin around real quick. But um I hope everyone is having a good and um healthy and safe summer. I know summer is winding down. Uh we've got that's about to be football season. Uh after that, right after that, uh NBA season in college. Um, so yeah, I mean, I hope everyone's having a good, good and blessed, uh, summer and, um, man, let's get right into it. Before I jump into the main topics, I don't know if I can, if y'all can see my shirt, but since I won't be doing a live show tomorrow on 824, um, Kobe Bryant would have been. Uh, he would have turned, I believe, 44, I, I believe. Today is his birthday. Um, for people who don't know, he um, tragically passed away in a helicopter accident, um, including seven others, including his um, middle child, um, Gianna. Um, and, uh, you know, it sucks that he's not, he, it sucks that he's not, he's not with us today, but in honor of his birthday, Classic vintage Kobe Bryant. Let me see that right there. Rest in peace to the Mamba. But uh, yeah, man, it, it's uh, I mean, like I said in my previous podcast, like way, way back when, um, you know, you can't take life for granted. You know what I'm saying? Um, now we know, like you know, like I said, we, like we don't pick our dates. We die. We don't, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed, and uh, you know. That's that that's life, man. And um, like I said, we try not to mix, you know, life situations with sports because sports is separate. But you know, when life happens, life happens, and uh, we, we we move on. But rest in peace, the Mamba gone gone gone, but not forgotten. Now let's get into the the main stories of today. Um, so the NBA world broke out. Uh, news broke out that after a long and stressful off season. Um, all-star for Kevin Durant uh, decides to stay with the Brooklyn Nets after all. Um, so Steve Marks, the general manager of the Nets, came out with a statement saying that uh, Coach Steve Nash and I, together with Governors Joe Tsai and Clara Wutasai, uh, Joe's wife, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleinman, uh, Kevin Durant's agent in Los Angeles yesterday. Mark said in the statement, we have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We, we are focusing on basketball and strictly basketball with one collective goal in mind, to build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. So like I said in previous episodes in a podcast, like I said before, I mean, I think they, the, the easiest, simplest way for Kevin Durant to stay with the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, in free agency is to stick with the Brooklyn Nets. And like I said, there's no suitable um, teams out there that were willing to trade for Kevin Durant because it just wasn't the right time. You know, teams around the league are trying to, you know, have their cornerstones of players um, to build around. Like, for instance, we got the New Orleans Pelicans. 
And he's got a home run. Let's go, baby. Oh, Grand Slam? Oh, no, 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 no. It's 1-0. One it's 1-0. One but, um, but, like, but like I said, like, there's the time, the, the market for Kevin Durant was not the right time. And obviously he didn't really have enough much to say or have much of a say because, again, he was still under contract for four. Actually, since he's on the Nets now officially, um, he, uh, the four-year deal um, that he is in right now kicks in. Um, his four-year contract. Um, now, like I said in previous episodes, it would have been different for Kevin Durant if he were to, if he were, if he had played out his contract, then he would be a free agent. Um, so he can decide wherever he wanted to go to. Um, if he wanted to go back to OKC, he wanted to go back to the Lakers, um, the Warriors. He 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 has the power, but since he's under contract, and that's kind of like he had the upper hand and negotiations and like I said the Nets didn't want to first they're dealing, dealing with Kyrie Irving um there was talks that he had a, a list of teams that he wanted to go to um including the Nets or in, including the Lakers um Heat and I think a couple other teams but the Nets didn't the Nets didn't want to give they wanted players, good players in return for Katie. They didn't want to go into a rebuild. So, like I said, I personally figured that the Brooklyn would be the destination where Kevin Durant would end up because the market for him was not suitable for any team. So let's let's backtrack. Uh, Durant initially asked for a trade on June 30th, and it put the NBA and sports world upside down and put the NBA on a pause when he sat down with the Nets front office and told them that he wants out. Weeks passed and he gave the Nets an ultimatum saying that you either keep me or fire Steve Nash and general manager Sean Marks. Now we all know that they sat down in in, in LA with um, Rich Kleiman, Rich Kleiman, uh, general manager uh, Sean Marks, and uh, governors Joe Desai and his wife Clara will decide. Um, and clearly, that's not happening. Sean Marks is still, he's, he, they still have his job. Steve Nash still has his job. And things could work out. Uh, so, as Durant's four-year, $198 million contract kicks in this upcoming season, the Nets are looking to win now. Like in that statement that uh, Sean Mark said, like they are, they are focused on basketball. Um, like they, like he said, there's one one goal. Like every team has one goal in the NBA to win the championship, get to the finals. And um, him with them keeping Durant and Kyrie, uh, to keep them put on the nest for now, that's their goal.
the, the news broke right after the Nets came out and said for, for right now that they will not be trading Kyrie Irving at the very moment. Now, I mean, weeks have gone on and um, the Lakers, the Lakers were kind of like in the talks for signing Kyrie. Um, and they still might eventually end up signing Kyrie, maybe um, at the trade deadline or maybe next offseason. But the Nets clearly had a goal in mind to keep their core pieces intact. In um, now, the next segment, can Brooklyn win a championship with the big three or big two, question mark? I'll get into that later on. Ever since Brooklyn brought on the original three, big three, and Kyrie, Durant and Harden, the original three, big three. The goal was clear in mind to see that that team, that team around them, can come together and see if they can win a championship together. We all know that did not happen. Um, there was injuries. Kevin Durant was coming back from a um, was coming back from Achilles tear or Achilles injury. Um. Harden got shipped to Philadelphia to pair with Joel Embiid. And uh, Kyrie last season missed 29 games after choosing to not get the COVID vaccine. He made a list of teams, like I said earlier, um, of to do a sign-and-trade sign deal with, but no team was interested other than the LA Lakers because um, they wanted to, you know, deal with Russell Westbrook. Now we all know in LA that Darwin Ham um, praises uh, Russell Westbrook, as I talked about in, in prior episodes, and he spoke strongly about how he wants to see, you know, he wants to sit down with Russell Westbrook and say, hey, "Listen, you have to, you have one role to play off ball, sit corner, shoot corner threes." Um, I feel like the pressure was more on Russell Westbrook because AD was out half the season and LeBron was hurt 56 games. So, I mean, the ball was kind of on. I mean, the pressure was kind of on Russell Westbrook. And we all know that Russell Westbrook is not the is not the Russell Westbrook of old, meaning that he was not the Russell Westbrook, the triple-double machine that he was in OKC. Um, hey, I mean, I'm a Lakers fan. So when I heard the news that we signed Russell Westbrook, I was – I was jumping out of my chair. I was happy as hell. Um, but I did note that, you know, with LeBron at the time, he was like, what, 37, 38? Um, they signed Carmelo. I knew this team was going to be, you know, a lot, you know, older than prior liquor teams. Um, they were the oldest team. Um, and some people thought that, you know, Instead of bringing like you know rookies on or like two uh, second year players or third year players to have um, veteran leadership, but they never really jailed uh, jailed and um, last year and that showed because they didn't make the playoffs. But um, shifting back to Brooklyn, the Nets. Um, with Kyrie and Katie committed for now to the Nets. The plan now shifts to the focus of the new big three with Simmons in the picture. The problem is, the big problem is that Simmons hasn't played a game since June. June 20th to the exact date. 
2021 when he was still a member. So he last played June 20th, 2021, when he was still a member of the of the, the Celtic Sixers, which was the day of the Eastern Conference Finals against Atlanta Hawks. So we all know what happened. Um, Ben Simmons was scared. Didn't want to dunk, dunk, put the ball up, and pass it out. And ever since that, he never he hasn't played a game since. With that all being said, um, if the Nets can get a committed Irving, a Durant, and a healthy and in his right mind Ben Simmons, and a healthy Joe Harris, don't 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 remind me about him because he, you know, it is a prolific shooter that gives them depth. Um, so if they have an, a committed Irving. A healthy Durant and a committed Durant and a healthy Ben Simmons and a healthy Joe Harris, who is still a good shooter for the Nets. The Nets could compete with anyone in the league, but it all remains to be seen. I mean, we, I can say this live on camera right now. Yes, I want to see them win a championship. Um, hey, it looks good. At, it looks good in the articles. It looks good on paper, but it remains to be seen. Um, because I mean, don't get me wrong. Like when I saw um, Ben Simmons, like like introductory press conference, when he was like, "Oh, I'm ready to ball," like, I like you know, like Philly's in the past. I'm ready to focus on Brooklyn. I mean, I was hyped uh, for him to come back, and I was waiting for him to come back, and waiting for those reports to come back saying that he wants to play, but he never suited up. Um, I'm not sure if he's, he has that PTSD from back in the Eastern Conference Finals back in 2021. Um, he said he was dealing with a lot of like, mental health, which, hey, we, we are all humans. We go through a lot of things in life, and that's life. But it all remains to be seen, like, on paper, I mean, on TV, of what this team could potentially look like. And also they got Seth Curry. Um, they signed or they traded for um, Royce O'Neal, um, and they got I think they got T.J. Warren too, and another good shooter. So I mean, they had the pieces, and like like I said in previous episodes, like the Eastern Conference is not getting any easier. You got the Celtics that were coming off the NBA Finals, even though they didn't win the championship, they're coming off the Finals, coming out of the Finals. We got Milwaukee Bucks with Giannis Antetokounmpo, Miami Heat. Uh, I mean, it's not getting any any better. Even Philadelphia is up there. So, I mean, personally, I think this is a good a good a good thing for Kevin Durant for him, in the Nets. They can finally agree on um a, a common ground for right now and um they're looking to win now um maybe if they get a championship next year or this year coming up maybe if they win a championship Kevin Durant maybe will I mean obviously still won't have much leverage and where he wants to go but maybe he wants to get Brooklyn a championship like like LeBron did with Cleveland back in 2016 and and go somewhere else but then again like the market has to be right for Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant, I would say, is the top five, probably one of the best players currently right now in the league. 
and he is not no rookie in the league. So like he's looking for a big, big like contract for his statue or stature. So yeah, it's, it all remains to be seen um, with the big three, Ben Simmons. I mean, Ben Simmons, when he's healthy and in his right mind, he, he, he obviously, we know he doesn't have a mid-range shot or a three-point shot, but the dude can, his underrated talent is he can guard, he can guard the, like the top players in the league. Um, I mean, he can get to the rim, he can rebound. He's basically a center for a point guard. I mean, he just needs to find a shot and a consistent shot. I mean, hey, look at Giannis. Giannis was in the league like when he, when he was new in the league, he didn't really have a shot. Um, and it wasn't until uh, recently that Giannis found a shot. Now it's not it's not consistent. It's not a consistent shot, but Giannis can hit middies. Um, and only time, and only time can tell with Ben Simmons if he can, you know, get a shot. I mean, obviously he's still young, um, but he hasn't played um, what in like almost like two years, a year and a half. Um, probably before COVID hit um, the NBA, it's been that long. So um, I'll be interested to see, like, you know, who knows? He's probably in the gym working hard. Who knows? We don't know. Um, but just imagine in that Eastern Conference, like if the Nets can get a healthy Ben Simmons, healthy Kyrie, and a healthy Kevin Durant, they can wreak havoc in this league uh, and possibly compete for a championship. I, I, me, me as a Lakers fan, a true Lakers fan, I want to see Brooklyn in, in the finals next year. I want to turn our next segment. Kane James stays in L.A. for two more years. L.A. and LeBron agreed to a, agree on a two-year, $97.1 million extension that includes a player option for the third year. The extension that includes a 15% trade kicker makes the King the richest and highest-paid NBA player in NBA history with $532 million. Let me repeat. I'm about to show you my Brian Windhorst um, famous TV blooper. Let me repeat that again. LeBron in LA signed a two-year $97.1 million contract. That makes him the richest and highest paid NBA player with a $532 million guaranteed, guaranteed career money passing Kevin Durant. Let that sink in for a little bit. Think about it. I'm not sure if this is only for basketball money, but don't get me wrong. This man, LeBron, 
he still has his Nike contract was like 90 something million. He he owns a piece of the um of Liverpool. This man is drowning that money. Drowning in the money. But so with the new contract, the four-time NBA champion, an 18-time All-Star, rules out concern that he could enter free agency next summer, and he's eligible, and he's ineligible to trade to be traded during the 2022-2023 NBA season because the second year of his extension exceeds a five percent raise. The Lakers could have just. North of 20 million in salary cap space in 2023 offseason, and had the ability to sign a third Mets contract player to pair with LeBron and AD in the 2024 season. James Oldison Bronny, which we all know, plays for Sierra Sierra Cannon. Um, he, he he said time and time again, LeBron said that he wants to play with Bronny for one year before he retires. Um. So James' oldest son, Bronny, is entering his senior year of high school and will be NBA Jets eligible in 2024. So it kind of works out. I mean, sign a two-year contract with a three-year player option. So say, I mean, say if Bronny, I mean, it gets better. So obviously he's, he's, he's raw talent. Um, he's still young, senior in high school. Um, Say say the, the Knicks tank, right? In 2024, which they probably will. Um, say 2024, 2023, 2024 year, NBA season, LeBron, LeBron gets represented to the Knicks. And LeBron goes to uh, the Knicks. Don't be surprised, man. Um, don't be surprised. Um, that would be something. And then, oh, it. <laughs> And if Bronny, I'm just like, hypothetically, hypothetically, if Bron and Bronny go to New York and win a championship in New York, it's a long stretch. But think about that. And then he retires, like he will go, he will reach the mountain, tip of the mountain. Um, but obviously, you know, he's with the Lakers for right now. Um, now he, his, his, I personally believe Brian, he's going to, he, he's going to be good. Um, like I'm in a Facebook, you know, um, group chat and one of the guys was like, um, that was talking in the group chat was saying how, um, when it comes to LeBron and like how big LeBron's name is that, you know, Bronny has the easier chance of getting into the NBA, which is partially true. But still, Bronny is um, raw talent, you know. Um, you know, still has a lot to work on. And obviously, LeBron's going to, you know, behind the scenes, going to work with his sons. But I personally believe that um, Bryce, the youngest son of Bronny, 
he if, if y'all haven't seen him, he's like six six, six seven. I mean, I think six six. Like 14 years old, big body, big body frame like LeBron. He's gonna be, I think he's gonna be a lot, a lot better than Bronny because Bronny obviously he's like more skinnier um than Bryce. Um, but obviously, like I'm rooting for the Bron, the 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 Bron brothers. Um, and I'm excited to see once they both get into the league eventually, like when they both get into the league, I'm excited to see which one like does better than the other. Um obviously LeBron's gonna be in their ear 24 hours a day, you know, training him, training them. Um but that's the ultimate goal for LeBron to uh he said time and time again that he wants to play with uh Bronny before retiring. So I mean that contract that he signed kind of sets that up for the future. And now so LeBron has four rings, right? So say in 2024, 2023-2024 season, um, they could have more money to sign a – they can get rid of Russell Westbrook eventually and sign a third next star player. How about that? It can be Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, um, maybe Alonzo Ball um, re- reunion. Um, I'm just throwing out players, random players. Um, so say if, say 2024, 23, 24 season, uh, uh, they sound like a max player, like the Marvin Rosen or a, um, a buddy here or something, or something like that. And they win a championship. LeBron will have five. And then imagine if wherever Bronny gets drafted to, because like the players like Curry, Durant, LeBron, Wherever LeBron or Kevin Durant goes, if if, the, if if Kevin Durant goes to like a below 500 team, like the Sacramento Kings or the Pacers or the Knicks, um, that team immediately becomes a championship contender. And just imagine, so if in the middle of LeBron's contract with the Lakers, they win a championship, that's five rings. And then before he retires, if he plays with him on the Knicks or whichever team drafts him, that's Bron or Bronny, and they win the championship, that's six rings. I mean, I'm, like I'm just I'm just think about this like crazy thing, like hypothetically, but just think about that. Think about that. That like and they win the championship in LeBron's last year, and getting to the finals is is hard. It's hard, but I'm just throwing it out there. Um. The Lakers missed the playoffs last season despite James averaging. Don't get me wrong. LeBron's going to 30, he's 39. He's going to be 39 this season. He averaged 30.3 points, 8.2 rebounds, and 6.2 assists. And injury is limited to him his own, with his, on his own core action to 56 games. So he didn't really play the whole, the whole season. Yeah, I want to uh, give a shout out to uh, my boy Freddie. Thanks for tuning in, my brother. Thanks for tuning in, man. But like, but like, but, but like with the Nets, it, like it remains to be seen, like with the Lakers, because like you know, Lakers got a new head coach. 
Um, some new players. They got Lonnie Walker, um, the third or the fourth. Um, they got um, like what? Um, they got uh, Damian Jones, the center. So I'm excited to see what the Lakers team has an offer. Um, so let's move on to some some MLB. I know I'm late on this uh, on this news, um, but San Diego Padres star outfielder Fernando Tatis Jr. was suspended 80 games. The 23-year-old Fernando Tatis was suspended 80 games for testing positive for the for the anabolic steroid cluster bell and suspended 80 games. So they'll start this season into next season. Apparently he was recovering from an apparent wrist injury that had sidelined him for up to or up until the league suspended him. So he was, you know, like nurturing his wrist in an apparent motorcycle accident that happened last offseason. Um, and he hasn't played in over like a year. Now, this news broke out that Tatis um, used a steroid that was against the MLB's policy. And the MLB was not playing. And they gave him a harsh penalty um, of 80 games. So that's basically the remainder of this season into the playoffs and halfway into the season of next year. Um. So he went from almost coming back to play on the field to now um, having to um, make the relationship in the clubhouse better with the teammates in front office. And that begins with a face-to-face meeting with Padres president of baseball operations and general manager A.J. Preller. Then he is scheduled to meet with Padres chairman Peter Fiddler, who ironically signed Tatis, signed that line of his 14-year, 14-year, $340 million deal extension in February 2021. Next after that, next after that, he plans on having a player-only meeting to have Tatis explain his side of the story and what happened. Um, and I'm excited to see the, the ongoing details of this meeting. It's probably going to be closed doors, um, but I'm excited to see what Tatis had to say. I know he came out with a report saying that um, he was like, treating groundworm or something like that, but I, I don't know. Um, but obviously he, he he has owned up to his um his mistakes. When I saw the report, I thought this news was like very, very weird because the news kind of broke broke out after they um parties went after star, young star uh, Juan Soto in a mega deal that would pair him with Tatis himself. Um and Manny Machado. And some players in the in the clubhouse spoke up about the situation. Um, and I quote, 
This is from Will Myers, outfielder. We, we, we just want to hear him be genuine and honest in here. Probably after Will Myers said, what happens in here stays in here. As far as the trust being broken, I think that's obviously true in, in that respect of what happened. But that's not to say that from a pessimist perspective that can't be won back. So basically what he's saying is, yeah, the relationship in the clubhouse is not completely tarnished. Yes, we will sit down with Tatis. Tatis will sit down with us. He'll tell us how the story, and maybe down the road, they can, him and his teammates can rekindle their relationship. Because obviously, the Padres are, you know, fighting for a playoff spot. Well, not fighting, but they're kind of like in the playoff mix. Um, and this news broke out at the wrong time when, you know, Tati was, Tati was about to come back, and now he can't play. So I can see where players are like disgruntled right now because obviously they brought on Juan Soto and they have an all-star third baseman and Manny Machado. Um, but he has to, you know, live with the mistake. And I'm, and I'm not sure. If he, I, I, I don't think he's going to appeal the, the, um, the ruling. So um, another teammate said, a lot of things between now and then will dictate that, said Joe Musgrove, one of the team's clubhouse leaders. He he's our teammate still. He has he's gonna be in our clubhouse, so we're gonna have to find a way to get on the same page and get past this. I don't know what that's gonna look like yet, but as the time comes, it'll be a lot a little clearer. So. It all remains to be seen with Tatis and the Padres. Um, we'll see what happens with that. Um, and it's going to have to, you know, train harder and get his mind right. Because 80 games is a lot. 80 games is a lot of games. Now, the next MLB. The next MLB segment, can the Yankees get back to their winning ways? New York, New York. The New York Yankees sit in first place in the AL East at 75 and 48. They are currently playing the New York Mets in the subway series at Yankee Stadium. Um, so Boston is four, 14 and a half games back of first in the division. The Orioles are 11 games back of the division. The Blue Jays are eight and a half games back, and the Rays are eight games back at first place in the, in the division. The Yankees are three games back of first place in the conference, right behind the Houston Astros. We all know the famous saying when it comes to life and sports that it doesn't matter how you start. It's how you finish the season or finish. It seems to be the perfect motto for the Yankees in the second half of the season. The Yankees started out hot. Hot. At one time, they were the they were the like the MLB's best team in the league. Um, but then once the All-Star game break or uh, like All-Star weekend hit, 
Um, they're kind of a slump. Um, the Yankees have played below 500 baseball recently, going six for 14 in the month of August. Currently having a two-game win streak right now, as they are playing the hot New York the New York Mets in the Classic Subway Series. But, but the Yankees are getting a very much well-needed player back on Thursday, reportedly. Juan Carlos Stanton will be back on the team on Thursday. At start, Aaron Judge has shouldered much of the load since Stanton went down with the injury, notching his 47th home run this season as he got it against Max Swerzer in yesterday's game. Um, I know we signed um, Andrew Benatendi. Uh, we signed uh, Harrison Bader. Uh, I know he's hurt. Um, but other than that, I mean, Rizzo is doing a little bit better. Um, you know, we have, let me look at the Yankees schedule because we have a, we have a tough road ahead of us, um, for this season. Cause I mean, every MLB, like every MLB team's goal is to, um, have the best record so they can get home so they can get home for the advantage in um the playoffs. And right now, I mean the Yankees, like I said, the three games back of the first seed in the AL the AL uh conference. Well, let me pull up the um Yankee schedule because they probably have the hardest schedule coming up. One second as I pull that up. All right. So, so right now we are up 2 1 against the Mets. We go to Oakland um, August 5th, a road trip. Oh, it's going to be a long, long road trip. So this is going to test the Yankees' uh, mental and toughness. So they got four games, a four-game road trip. Actually, you know what? Well, a West Coast road trip against the Oakland A's between August 25th and August 28th. Then they go to L.A. at Anaheim Stadium uh, for a three-game series against the Los Angeles Angels. And then they go to Tampa Bay, which is going to be at Tampa Bay. So they'll go back to the East Coast uh, between September 2nd through the 4th. And then... um, Kind of an easy, easy series, but I'm not gonna say it's easy because you know, baseball is not really you know games are not really promised. Um, they play Minnesota uh, at 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 the Bronx uh, for a four game four game series. Then then they play ball, uh, Tampa Bay again at so they have a long road trip like. I got 13 game road trip coming up. So a long, long road trip. A lot of traveling. Then they come back home for 
like nine games at home, a nine game home stand. They play two games at Boston, which I mean, they're kind of been, you know, they kind of had lower expectations. Like I said, they're 14 and a half games back from first place in the division. Then we go back to the West Coast uh, to face the Milwaukee Brewers in a three game series. They need to go back to the East Coast to play Pittsburgh. But we play them at our house um, in the Bronx, Yankee Stadium. Two-game Pittsburgh series. And then we go to Boston for a four-game uh, series. Uh, I'm sorry. Then we go to, back to New York for a um, series, four-game series. Uh, then, then we go to Toronto up north for three-game series. Um, and then we play. I mean, the Orioles are looking red hot too. They're catching up in the in, in the division. Um, probably looking for a wild card spot. Uh, we played them for the second, the last series of the season, uh, September 30th to the second, um, at our house in, uh, in, in at the Bronx. And then we round out the road trip and, at uh, at the Rangers. For four game series, so I mean, that road trip is going to be very, very tricky. Uh, I know we um, lost a couple games against the A's this season, but that eleven game road trip is going to, or thirteen game road trip is going to be hard. It's going to be really, really hard because um, they're going to be away from their home, uh, traveling. But but the Yankees, I mean, when they get when they get Stanton back, they're gonna be good because Stanton um, provides that 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 power. And then we sign um, Eduardo Perez, outstanding. Uh, he can play outfield, midfield, anywhere. And then we got Jose Trevino and um, Kai Higashioka. Um, I mean, we had players. I mean, we just need to. Take it one game at a time. I know Aaron Boone was livid uh, after the game when Garrett Cole kind of like like threw away the game. Uh, he pissed like six innings, and uh, we were winning. We were up. We were up against the Blue Jays, and I guess the Blue Jays was getting more hits. And Boone was fierce. He was frustrated with the team. He said, "Look, we're right here." We had the guys, we had the pieces, we just can't put it together in the final innings. Um, so yeah, that's I mean, we have probably one of the hardest like road um of games left for the season. But I mean it's it's weird because like the Yankees they're 70 and 45. But they're not like below 500, but they're kind of like struggling a little bit, but they're still like in good shape. Um, I know, um, because the Yankees they want to get that buy that, that that fresh round buy, uh, to get that arrest before the playoffs. So, if but it remains to be seen because if Houston gets holds that number one seed in the, in the conference and Yankees stay number two in the conference, they both get buys, I believe, and then they play whoever they. They uh, they play in a wild card and the NL conference. They got the Dodgers, the Padres, the the Mets, 
possibly, possibly, I'm just thinking out of my head, we could get a New York Yankee and Mets World Series. It could be possible. It could be possible. But we got the Dodgers out there in LA. Got we got the um the Padres, the Cardinals, the Braves. Um, they're all looking hot. And that the Phillies even, um, that comp that that division is it's crazy, man. Uh, let me just go back to the MLB standing pieces. Yeah, so the New York Yankees, um, let's go down to the division first. So the Yankees are sitting at um, 1048 um, in the division. Tampa's right behind them with going 66 to 55. Toronto is 66 to 55. Tied with the uh, Tampa Bay Rays, Baltimore is sixty-three and fifty-eight, and Boston is sixteen sixty-two. Um, in the AL Central, they got the Cleveland Guardians are sixty-four and fifty-six. The Twins are sixty-two and fifty-eight. The White Sox are sixty-two and sixty. The Kansas City Royals are fifty and seventy-four, and the Tigers are four seventy seventy-six. Uh, the AL West got the Houston Astros with 78 and 48 or 78 and 45. Uh, Seattle Mariners, and they're they're another sleeper team that can make noise in the playoffs if, if, if they make it. So the Mariners are, are sending that right behind them at 11 and a half games back from the uh first spot with 656. The Rangers are facing 66. Um, the uh Angels are. 52 and 70 in uh, the Oakland Athletics or 45 78. Now in the National League in the NL East, we got the Mets um, 79 and 45. The Braves are 76 and 48. The Phillies are 67 55. Uh, the Miami Marlins are 53 and 69. And the Nationals are 41 and 82. And in the AL or in the NL Central, we got the Cardinals at 70 and 52. The Milwaukee Brewers are 65 and 56. The Cubs are 53 and 69. The Reds are 48 and 72. Uh, and the Pirates are 47 and 75. And then we got the finally got the AL West or the NL West. The Otters are have the best team in baseball with 84 wins and 37 losses. Uh, the Padres are 60 and 56. Uh, the Giants are 16 and 61. The Dombacks are 55 and 66. And the Colorado Rockets are 53 and 70. So but look, look, look at the conference in the league. In the American League, um, obviously the Houston Astros are up. Yankees are behind in three games. Um, the Yankees are or the Astros are thirty nine and twenty seven away. Um, they're six and four in their last ten games. Uh, the Yankees are uh, six point uh, six one zero um, one percentage. Uh, they're 44 and 20 at home, 31 28 away. Um, they're four and six in the last 10, so they're below 500 in the last 10. Um, Timber Bay Rays is 66 and 55. Um, so it's kind of like you know, between the top three teams, top let me see, one, two, three, it's not like six teams, like it's kind of like you know. 
from the top half of the uh, AL, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, tight. And then the Twins are kind of like right there. Um, and then the bottom half of the conference kind of like, uh, they're, they're, they're going to make it. Uh, now in the Do- Dodgers, it, it's tight. It's tight. Um, Dodgers are 84 uh, and 37 losses. Um, they are 66 and four in the last 10. Um, they're 43 and 16 at home and 41 21 away. You got the New York Mets right behind them, um, six and a half games back. Um, they're at 79 wins and 54 or er, and 45 losses. Um, they're 40 and 19 at home and 39 26 uh, away. Um, they're five and five in their last. They're 500 and they're uh, are they even in their last 10 winning uh, five and five, but this is where it gets kind of tricky because St. Louis or Atlanta Braves are 76 and 48. They're nine and a half games behind first place in the division. But I don't see anyone catching up to the Dodgers, um, because the Dodgers' schedules look kind of you know easy. Let me look at their schedule real quick. They're the remaining schedule. The play of the San Diego Padres, um, three games, uh, San Francisco Giants, um, three games after that. Then they play the Padres again. Then they play Arizona Diamondbacks, uh, September um, 12th through the 14th. Um, then they play the Giants again, September 17th through the 20th or the 18th. So three game series. I mean, they kind of have a, I mean, other than the Padres and, and the Cardinals and maybe the Giants, they have the easy schedule. They have they round out this the um they round out the season with the Colorado Rockies. Of course, they're a below five hundred team. So I don't see any team in the NL catching up to the Dodgers. Um because his direction would have been home, home, home. That's what he would have said. There's a good slide by Schmidt. But when it comes down later down the ladder of the NL conference, um, you have the Cardinals. They had a 14 and a half game. Um, 14 and a half games back from first place. And then you have two teams tied um, with the Phillies and the Padres, both tied at second half games back. So it's kind of like in the middle of that conference, kind of like it's like a hit or miss. Like it's like, you know, any of those teams can, you know, make a push for a playoff run. Um, but yeah, like I said, I don't see any team knocking off of the Dodgers in the NL uh, conference. And lastly, the moment that I had been waiting for to talk about. So personally, I didn't see the prelims for UFC 278. But oh boy. I saw the two main cars, the co-main car, and then the main car. 
First, let's talk about the first main card. All right, go call the co-main card with um, Paulo Costa and Luke Rockhold. Um, so Paulo Costa kind of controlled the fight. He had one hundred six total punt total strikes to uh, Luke Rockhold's fifty-seven. Um, Paulo Costa had seventy-three significant strikes. Um, compared to Luke's 51 significant strikes. Um, Paulo had 37 headshots compared to um, Luke, Luke's 23. The body, uh, Paulo had 33 punches compared or, or 33 hits compared to 23 body shots. Um, they're kind of like even on the leg kicks. Um, but if you see Paulo Costa, uh, t- he controlled the fight with five minutes and 28 seconds compared to 47 seconds controlled by Luke. And you can see Luke, um, he was just gassed. Um, he had his, I, I, I've never seen a UC fighter have his hand on his, hands on his knees before. Um, don't get me wrong, UFC is, is a hard sport. Um, boxing is hard to, to keep that stamina. They go like championship fights, they go 12 rounds at the tops. UFC goes five rounds, but they're five minute, five, five minute, five rounds. And, uh, you know, and I, 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 I saw, I saw in the first, in the first couple seconds of the fight, first couple of rounds, Luke was like, just like gasping for air, even Paulo Costa, but he was more, you know, we watched the fight. He was more like, um, conditioned. Um, I mean, they were both gassed. I mean, there was a few instances where Luke Luke almost rocked Paulo Costa, had him dizzy a little bit, but like in the third or fourth round. But other than that, like Luke was was gassed, but he never, from what I've thought in that fight, Luke never like lost heart. He that man had heart. And if y'all watched that fight towards like the last round. I think Luke had, had him in the top mount, and he rubbed all his blood on Paulo. Like that's some like that that's some gladiator shit right there. Like rubbing your own blood on another man's body, that's just crazy. But um, I believe Luke retired uh, after the fight. But looking at the stats, like Paulo Costa, like controlled the whole fight down the line. Now to the main card, Cameroon Usman and Leon Edwards. Crazy fight. Now, let me get this straight. Let me set this straight. Leon, there has been no fighter in UFC that has fought Usman. That has not taken him down. Leon Edwards did that. Kobe Covenant couldn't do that. I love the brother, but Jorge Masvidal couldn't do it. Leon Edwards had one takedown. Kamara had five takedowns, but he's more that, that's common because he's more of a wrestler than a, uh, than a striker. But I'm looking at, at the stats. Like Kamara Usman, 
he controlled the fight. He had 189 total strikes compared to Leon Edwards' 64 strikes. Um, Kamar Usman, Usman had um, 83 significant strikes compared to 55. That's a 30 plus difference in strikes. Um, Usman had 61 head strikes compared to Leon Edwards' 20. Now Leon had more twenty and more body shots than Usman at twenty two compared to Usman seventeen, uh, and he all had more leg kicks than Usman with thirteen compared to the Usman's five. But this fight, oh my god, this fight was crazy. Um, we all know Kamar Usman was the champion. Um, he had that champion. He held the belt for a long, long time because no, no one could beat him. But this was bout number two. I'm not, I'm not sure what the, what the results were. I, I, obviously, Usman won. I, never, I didn't watch that fight, the first fight. But this fight was wild. Um, let me just tell you what happened. So Usman was controlling the fight, half, half, more than half the fight. And in order for an um, underdog to, to win a fight, if that fighter that doesn't have that is is a contender and he's fighting for that belt, that fighter had because you know like depending on how the how the champion does in the fight, the fight's gonna always go towards the champion. And in order for a fighter, any fighter, in order for a contender to win a belt, he either has to do something significant. To win, to win the judges over. And that's exactly what Leon Edwards did. Um, it, it was crazy in, in the way he did it too. Uh, in the late rounds, in the fifth round, the fifth round, championship round, Leon Edwards faked Kamar Uzi with a left jab or might have been a right jab, thinking he was going to punch um, Usman leaned to the one side, and Leon Edwards knocked Usman out cold to win the belt. Like I said, you have to, in order to win a belt, you have to do something major. I mean major to, I mean something big in order for that person to, to win the belt, and Leon Edwards was the underdog in this fight. So wh whoever bet money on Leon, like they won that bank. Now I do believe that there should be a, a third fight to determine if you know Leon can hold that belt. Um, but it was shocking because like Leon was kind of getting manhandled toward the third and fourth round. Like, you know, Car Kamara Monty, he's a grappler, so he was kind of like, you know, um, putting, um, getting him in the clinch against the cage, taking him down. He had five takedowns compared to um, his Leon's only one. Um, but the thing that is crazy about this kick, that it happened so quick and so fast that when the bell rung for the fifth round, like, it happened just like that. Um, I believe it was, uh, the knockout was in um, – was in round five, 
404. So right when the right after the bell, like the whistle uh, blew, it happened. It happened so quick. In the blink of an eye. And you know, congrats to Leon Edwards. Um, everyone doubted him. Um and it was all it was all leaning towards the champion, Kamar Usman's favor, like 189 total strikes, 83 significant strikes, 61 headshots, 17 body shots, five leg shots. Oh, I mean to say this. Kamara Usman um controlled the fight with 10 minutes and 36 seconds compared to Leon's two minutes and 55 seconds. That's crazy. Um and I it's facts. I, I feel like if Leon didn't do anything or if he didn't knock him out, Kamar would have won that fight because like you know, like you look on the line, like he's he's he he beat Leon in every aspect except for a couple of leg kicks and some body shots. Um but that's what I love about this sports, man. Sports is is, is unpredictable. Um the UFC, like, you know, is Keeping the belt is not promised, you know. Like in Kamara Usman, he he held the belt for a long, long time, um, and he finally met his his predecessor, his his equal. I would say. I mean, I won't say equal because the Kamara held the belt for so long. But yes, there will be a third fight, a, a trilogy, um, and we'll see who's next in line. If Leon can win, maybe it'll be Jorge. Maybe it'll be Colby Covington, which I hate uh, with a burning passion. I hate Colby Covington. Um, can it be Jorge? Can it be, um, you know, Connor? But now I, I don't think it. I don't know. We'll see. But I think that will end the show tonight. Um, like I said, what a good a good card, a main card. Uh, you didn't want to miss it. It was it was awesome, but uh, like I like I said, uh, let me put this up. Um, make sure to tune in on Tuesdays and Fridays um, for the live show. Um, once I uh, on finished, it will be out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, um, Spotify, Apple Music, or uh, Apple Music. I mean Amazon Music. Um, anywhere you get your podcast from, it's there. Um, thanks for tuning in. And uh, like I like I said, I'm Jordan Jordan Jolo, we host of the JJ Sports Talk Show. And um, yeah, I am out. I'll see y'all Friday. All right, have a good one. <laughs>